An unexpected rise in unemployment as the latest jobs report shows some cooling in the economy. Plus, retailers are struggling to get shoppers interested in big ticket items. And we sit down with a former head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks ahead of the home opener in Fayetteville. Your market moment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Lee and Eli. Mm-hmm. Guys, college football is back. It's official. Razorbacks had a good win. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Down in Little Rock. Some some upsets. Duke beat Clemson last night, which was indifferent about. I saw a video, I think it was the Duke quarterback, that after the game they, they interviewed him and he said, Professor yeah, so-and-so... He, Please, please extend my homework deadline at midnight tonight to another day. Yeah. So I wonder how that went. I know. I want to see a follow-up yeah. to that. Yeah, UCA was uh, putting the pressure on the little Oklahoma State team. Yep. If you call it pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it lo- looked like we handled it pretty well. You, yeah, you guys had it under control. But, it's um, a, yeah, it's fun. College it's, football's back. First game awesome. of the year in mm-hmm. Fayetteville is uh, five days away. Being able to turn on the TV on the weekend and just know you, there's a good chance there's a good college football game on, mm-hmm. like that's fun. You know, pro football starts this weekend, so pretty much any time from Thursday to, to Monday, yeah. it's football. So it's, yeah. you know, many, wi- many wives out there have been yeah. dreading this weekend, but <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're excited. Uh, it comes every year, so it hopefully does. they get used to it. Right. Um, well, last week in the market, good week overall. S and P up two and a half percent. Nasdaq up three point two, and the Dow was up one point four. Um, the S and P had its best week since June. So, guys, any particular? You know, we had jobs reports that come out. One hundred eighty-seven thousand new jobs added. One hundred ten thousand jobs were removed from June and July reports. In revisions and unemployment, unexpectedly ticked. Unexpectedly ticked up. Um, any initial thoughts on, or any quick thoughts on kind of what the market did last week and some of the data that came out? You know, I think that, you know, all the numbers really pointed to, you know, the Fed probably being done. Um, if we can get a couple more of these reports between now and what, September, end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think the markets were kind of holding their breath. I don't think anything had really been priced in just yet, but um, th- these numbers you know, indicate that the Fed's, you know, numerous rate hikes are working. Mm-hmm. We had talked months ago about how the un- unemployment rate needed to start to come up. So seeing it go from 3.5 to 3.8%, yeah, the market wanted the unemployment rate to go up. And that was something that Jerome Powell had talked about many moons ago in mm-hmm. one of his one of his meetings. I can't remember which meeting it was. So seeing the unemployment rate go up from 3.5 to 3.8, that's encouraging on our side. If as long as that doesn't go to a drastic number where it turns into yeah, you don't want it five, to spike. Six, yeah, yeah. But we're big believers at, in reversion to the mean, going back to what is the what is the long term average of of a statistic, and we've been underneath the long term average on unemployment rate for for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. No, and and it is weird think like looking at that and being like, yes, <laughs> unemployment. <laughs> More went people up. got fired. Yeah, I mean that is weird, but from a when you're looking at the big scheme of things and what everything that's going on, it mm-hmm. was a positive for the markets um, in particular. So I, I think you're exactly right, Eli. As long as you can avoid any huge spike, mm-hmm. you know, quick spike in unemployment, um, then just a modest increase isn't necessarily a, mm-hmm. a horrible thing. Well, and I think that it's given more credence now to, 
if there is a recession, there will be a soft landing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody, or not too many people, feel like that there's going to be a fall off of a cliff, you know, in the early part of 24. I not think for that, any of the data that we know. That's correct. Right? There's that's always correct. the unforeseen black swan type of risk. But yeah, all of the data that's right there in our face points to things tightening, things slowing down, but in a manageable yeah. way. Well, and, and, you know, and the markets liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, we had had a little bit of a sell-off, um, especially in growthier names. And last week was a good week, you know, all across the board, small yeah. cap, mid, large value growth. Everything did well last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, retailers reported a drop in big item expenditures, including Home Depot, which reported transactions over $1,000 down 5.5% year over year. This isn't all that surprising. We've been talking about it for a while. You know, the, 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 excess, the excess cash in the system kind of coming to an end, people having to start making student loan repayment. Like, I think this trend will continue. I think the consumer, for the first time in a few years, will be kind of put to test Mm -hmm. over the next you know six to 12 months on how how well they can hold up and people are going to start um holding off on some of the bigger purchases you know and i think that you you saw that with you know best buys um numbers that came in you know their big ticket items were were down a little bit as well it'll be interesting to see as we head into believe it or not the christmas season um you know what what products are on sale you know mm-hmm. what get the deep discounts big screen televisions and things mm-hmm. like that that normally you know are are expensive and so yeah people's money is getting a little tighter then you'll start to see those things slow down yeah just having conversations with young couples more and more people are talking to me about budgeting mm-hmm. and and figuring out how to make a budget work and plan for future expenses or plan for future big ticket purchases or things like that Budgeting is coming back with inflation being yeah. as high as it, as it is and salaries being stretched. Budgeting may, may become a trend word yeah. instead of a curse word. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Good time to reevaluate your expenses and your subscriptions. You know, those are the ones that can <laughs> yeah. sneak up on you. You go 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks here and there and you don't think too much of it. Um, then you go and reevaluate and you're like, shoot, I'm spending $400 a month yeah. in just mm-hmm. random subscriptions. So. We did, we did that about a year ago. We, I just thought, you know, it was like one weekend, <laughs> no football on. Mm-hmm. So I went through and listed every subscription that we have and, you know, and several of them we were not even using. And so, you know, some of those get you in say annual yeah. and, you know, some of them are coming due now and they're falling off, but you're right. They can, <clears throat> they can come up and you're spending a, a lot of money on subscriptions before we move on one thing I, I thought was interesting you know how this year the nasdaq has just completely blown all the other indices out of the water mm-hmm. year to date nasdaq's up 35 s p's 19 and the dow which is having a decent year is up only seven and so from the the nasdaq to the dow there's almost a 27 percent difference mm-hmm. but then if you look at the one year not just year to date but going back a year it's 20, 16, and almost 13. And so yeah. if you look out over 12 months, you know, it's there's not near the difference between mm-hmm. the worst performing indice and the best. And so, again, we, we remind our clients, we're long-term investors. Don't get all caught up in just the growth of your returns. And you can, I, w- I talk to people a lot about uh, the time periods. You can make something look 
really good or really bad, just tweaking the time period sure. that you're looking at sure. a little bit. And so you always want to be careful of that because something could look way better than it should or way worse if, yeah, if you're just looking at a, over a certain period of mm -hmm. time. Um, and so I think it's good to, to break it up and look at year to date, quarter to date, one year, three years, sure. you know, to really get the full context. Yes. So, so anyways, today we wanted to mix it up a little bit. We talk, I had plugged us there for a second, but I got us back on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we want to talk, uh, do something a little bit different. So Lee had the opportunity, um, to sit down with, um, someone that many of our Arkansas listeners probably are familiar with coach Ken Hatfield. He's former Arkansas coach and national champion. So uh, take a listen to y'all's conversation, and then we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Lee Mackey, a partner here at Mach 1 Financial. We, uh, on our weekly podcast this week, we have a special guest with us, Coach Ken Hatfield, um, football coach, Northwest Arkansas resident, has um, agreed to join us for a few minutes on this week's podcast to get us ready for the 23-24 football season. You might have come to expect uh, us to talk about everything finances, but today we thought we'd take a, a short break from financial talk to talk a little bit about football. So, uh, Coach Hatfield, thanks for being with us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. It's uh, great the football season is starting, and uh, we just appreciate everything that y'all have done for the community too. And uh, the interest and the things you try to do to help other people that's mighty important. There's nothing bigger than being able to give away to other people. Well, appreciate that. But uh, you, you've done a lot of that yourself. But uh, we want to just have a conversation as we uh, gear up for football season. The weather uh, doesn't seem to be cooperating, does it, with uh, no, football? No, not that heat. <laughs> it doesn't feel quite like fall yet, but no. uh, whether we like it or not, it's football's here. starting. So, um, anyway, Coach Hatfield, we want to just spend a few minutes talking about uh, football. Um, as you know, as people out here may know, Coach Hatfield uh, coached for the Razorbacks uh, between the years of 1984 and 1989. Before that, he was a coach at Air Force Academy. Uh, and after he left the Razorbacks, he coached at Clemson um, for the 90 through 93 seasons and then finished his career at Rice University down in Houston for right. a number of years. Um, what some of you may not know is that Coach Hatfield is a native Arkansan, having grown up in Helena, yep, down there in the uh, Delta on the Mississippi River. That's right. Um, he attended the University of Arkansas and was a member of the uh, – very famous 1964 national championship team. So uh, yeah. he, he's got a long lineage of being a, an Arkansan, and we're glad to, to have you here. Coach, let me just um, ask you a couple questions as we lead up into uh, talking about this year's Razorback. You were a football player. Um, do you have any favorite memories from your time of playing with the Razorbacks? Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of memories there from uh, number one. Uh, coming up in uh, my sophomore year, I ended up being number six on the depth chart one day, and I looked at it, and I thought, my gosh, I'll never even get a chance to play right here. And then uh, a couple of injuries, I did get a chance to play during that sophomore year. Uh, the, the, the thing, we had a good year, our sophomore year, it went 9-1. The next year, we expected to win the Southwest Conference, and we had a lot of injuries, and things didn't go our way, and we were 5-5 five and five and struggled. Uh, our senior year in 1964, we really weren't expected to win, mm -hmm. and we didn't know if we'd win. First four or five games, they were real close. 
And then we beat Texas and Austin 14-13 uh, yeah. when they were number one in the nation and uh, went on from there and shut out the last five opponents and then, of course, beat Nebraska uh, in the Cotton Bowl to, and ended up the only undefeated team in America. So we won after the bowl game, Football Writers of America and the Helms Foundation awarded Arkansas the national championship. So a culmination of the game of football and all the people that were involved for it, uh, Coach Broyles and all the great staff they had, uh, came together at one one unique time, and we're very appreciative that's, of the opportunity of being part of the state. That And that's awesome. That's um, good. And, you know, we, we could use another national championship, but um, that's, yeah. that's something that I know many – People still look back to as you know a, a lasting memory um, here in Arkansas. Do you stay in touch with many players from from that team? Well, we are. We have several that we're going to try to gather up on one of the away games and uh, watch it on TV. In yeah. fact, when we're not going to go to all the games, and we've uh, great thing we had our big 50th reunion. We finally did, and they gave everybody our new national championship rings after 50 years. Everybody got an updated one. Yeah, and so that was the last time we the whole team I think really came together. But there's a lot of us get a chance uh, with the games up here to get a chance to see each other well, for that's, the game. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, Moving on as a coach. So um, one of the things that I think – I remember you. Um, this was when I was during my, my high school time here in Arkansas. I remember <laughs> you as a, as a Razorback coach. But does, does any memory, a, a, a favorite play come to mind from when you were a coach, whether it was here in Arkansas or some of your other stops? Anything jump well, out at you? Well, all of them I'll do. Probably the first one is uh, Air Force Academy when uh, – we won the very first game. We lost like eight in a row, and we finally won a game, beat Army, which is the the yeah. big one you got to do. And then from seeing where we were the first year we were at Air Force to five years later, we actually played Notre Dame up in South Bend, Indiana, and uh, drove 80 yards to score. And then on the last play of the game, blocked the field goal to beat Notre Dame 23-22, uh, which is the second year in a row we had beaten them. Yeah. But that was so big uh, at that time because they had uh, moved us the last game of the year and they were going to pay us back for beating them the year before. <laughs> that was a monumental game for us. The other real game we had here at Arkansas, I think, that most people remember is in Little Rock. Uh, when we played Andre Ware and the yeah, Houston. Houston Cougars. And people don't realize when we played down there and Quinn Grovey was our quarterback and uh, we just had a good team. Well, the week before, uh, they had played Tulsa University, Houston, and scored 92 points on them in one game. Andre Ware, who ends up winning the Heisman Trophy that year, passed – for 771 yards in one game. That's a whole career for it most is. quarterbacks. And for to go into that kind of atmosphere and that kind of where they were and, uh, to play the way we did, and uh, it was just a fantastic game. And our quarterback, Quinn Grove, just outdueled Andre, and our defense got the big uh, stop. We had to have it to actually win the ball game. And the thing I Great remember, game. and the thing I remember from that game is I remember the week leading up to the game in Little Rock was they begged people to scream for three hours. And I remember that game as being the loudest game mm -hmm. that I've ever attended at War Memorial. <laughs> I mean, I think That's it's right. still, I think the, the concrete bleachers <laughs> still, are still shaking. I think so. That was you, a great one. You know, you've been out of coaching now for 18, 19 years. Yeah. What do you see 
as the biggest change or the biggest difference between coaching now in 2023 as to when you got out got out of coaching? There's no doubt it's the NIL and the free transfer rule and the rules that have uh, uh, given players a chance to move around more. Uh, with the NIL, the, the type of money that players can make automatically uh, without even playing. If you just want to change schools and somebody offers you more money – so that's the biggest difference. You'll have people uh, that their whole roster will turn over in one year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think everybody has their eyes this year on uh, Colorado. And uh, just to see what uh, Deion Sanders did and pretty much turned over almost all the players on the team and got a lot of transfers everywhere else, which can happen. And uh, the most disappointing thing is – uh, well, it helps some teams temporarily, helps some players. For the good of college football, I think there needs to be some direction, some leadership, and some uh, opportunity for teams to have an opportunity to be equal to compete year in and year out. And uh, when, when now the only basic thing you're doing in recruiting is if we can buy a team every year, I don't think that's really what people had in mind for the student-athlete in college. Yeah, I think that, you know, back when, when, when you were coaching, and even as maybe early as 10 years ago, you know, a coach sold the program, sold the system, maybe sold the community. Right. And now it's not about facilities and program. It's about, you know, who can get the biggest check and right. the biggest deal. And, and I, I think loyalty's kind of gone by the wayside. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing that with the Razorbacks this year. I think they've got 25 or 30 Mm -hmm. new players and and many of who are going to contribute right. this year so it's you we, we see it even in our backyard so um i asked you before we came on camera um you know a question yeah i asked you just off the cuff who was the best player you ever coached <laughs> I, I, you don't have to answer that um at the risk of you know hurting somebody's feelings but i will ask you this in your in your coaching career who may who maybe was the best player you coached against does oh. anybody come to mind uh, there are so many great players you know coaching uh at in the, uh, texas we played against texas several years even when we were rice you know all those years mm -hmm. here and uh, there were just so many great players i will go back though the we did have a couple of players, you know, that made it to the National Football Hall of Fame, and Steve Atwater yeah. went, went up for his induction a couple of years ago when he kind of represented all of our players. Uh, we had another guy that we recruited when I was at Clemson, Brian Dawkins, mm -hmm. played for the Eagles. He's also in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is great recognition for all their plays that they have. Uh, you look back and – I was uh, had a chance to visit the other day and play golf the other day with Freddie Marshall, a quarterback who's uh, the only quarterback on the only national championship team in mm. Arkansas. So uh, he will be remembered for that and, and for his 80-yard drive in uh, the Cotton Bowl against Nebraska, yep. and thus trailing 7-3 to three with about eight minutes to go in the game. <laughs> he hit Jim Lindsay on two or three key plays. He made a key uh, run on third down, scrambled, and uh, was scored and won the ball game. So there were a lot of uh, great players that are out there. Um, and I, I really couldn't say how many would complain against both Notre Dame, yeah. the academies, Nappy McCullum at Navy was a great player. There are just so many great players. And uh, I think it was an honor to play against a lot of them. So 
uh, it was just fun coaching each team to try to see how good each team we had could come together and play together as a family in a unit. That was the fun part of coaching. You know, Steve Atwater played, what, 30, 40 years ago for the Razorbacks, and he still may go down as one of the hardest-hitting Razorbacks of all time. But he could he could put a bruise on you pretty quick. He could quick. put a bruise on him. And he was a quarterback in high school, St. Louis Lutheran High School, oh. and he wanted to play quarterback. I said, I'll give you a chance at quarterback. And I said, but we know you can play defensive back. Yeah. So the first day we come to practice, we're going out two-a-days, I said, Steve, there are the quarterbacks working out over there, warming up. He went over and threw about three or four passes. I said, Steve. I said, what? I said, defensive backs the other end. Get down there. He threw an end-over-end -end spiral that went sideways three times. I said, that's your tryout at quarterback. And that may have been one of the best decisions you made as a coach right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that was. He was a good – Well, as we transition, you've already mentioned a little bit about the state of college football now. You know, in the last five, seven years, we've seen so much yep. change in college football from – the NIL deals that colleges are having to, to work around now to, you know, conference realignments, um, the transfer portal, the playoff system, you know, going from four teams to 12 teams. Um, I'll ask you one specifically. What do you think about Texas and Oklahoma next year beginning to, to come into the SEC? What are your thoughts on that? I think they're certainly knowing as much as we are and as close as we are in both states. We know the strength of the program, programs that have won national championships. Uh, OU's continue to be in the CFP playoffs themselves here. Uh, Texas has great talent and great coaching. They'll always be uh, – I think it just adds to a strong SEC we already had. And certainly I think we'll have a lot of great – literature and great moments uh, uh, and excitement for the fans getting ready for each of the games whenever yep. we do play them. For We have a history with both uh, uh, squads, so I think it's going to be a fun time. You know, and I think one thing that's uh, neat, too, is that, you know, all of our focus tends to go towards football or the major sports, but, you know, Texas and Oklahoma bring great basketball programs, great baseball, right. great track and field. I mean, it's the list goes you on bet. and on, so I think it – um, I think the SEC is going to help those schools, but I think Texas and Oklahoma coming in will certainly help and tremendously strengthen the Southeastern Conference. No doubt about it. You you agree with the 12-team 12, 12 playoff? You think that's good yes. for college football? Yeah, I think it was. I think it's given, given more teams an opportunity to compete for the playoffs, and, uh, and I think it's healthy. And uh, even Cincinnati was the only team really wasn't the Power Five that yeah. made it, but somebody made it in when there was four. So now there's certainly opportunity for maybe two of those teams or three uh, to get in the playoff, and it just gives more uh, people an opportunity. And uh, so I think it was time to have that yeah. many teams in the playoff. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I'm sitting here listening, and I love the memory and the, yeah. how many things that you remember from your coaching and playing days, specific statistics. Um, everybody wants to know about this year's Razorback. So let's talk a little bit about this year's team. Um What's your, what's your thoughts as we um, head into a new season? Now, when, when everybody's hearing this, we will have just finished a game in Little Rock, <laughs> presumably um, having beaten um, a, a good FBS Western Carolina team. But um, what are your thoughts on this year's season um, with the team? Well, I'm looking forward to the season. I think that the coaching staff has done an outstanding job. Coach Pittman, I think, is a great leader for the University of Arkansas and a great fit for the program with the background he had and where he's from, both in Oklahoma and coaching Georgia and knowing enough about our program that uh, he loves and believes in Arkansas and everything it stands for. 
I think that uh, he's been able to recruit some great Arkansans and also get some good players from Alabama, Georgia, and other states too that want to play in the SEC Mm -hmm. and for Coach Pittman and their staff. And uh, it's going to be a a great uh, season. I think it's going to be a challenging season, certainly. Uh, with the teams that we play, schedule is going to be really more difficult when you look at it. And we go on the road four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. That's a hard right in the middle of it, and then we end up three games at home yeah. at the end. That's just the way it worked out, so to speak. So uh, I think uh, it was interesting to notice that we have uh, six captains that have been voted by mm-hmm. their teammates, which is great. Uh, for the leadership of the team and the people that uh, the other players will look up to and getting ready for a ball game, getting ready for practice every day to prepare for the ball game each and every week. So it'll be a fun, it'll be exciting times. There's no greater fans than the Razorback fans, and uh, it'll be exciting, exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's up in the air who, who can win. Certainly it's a, a, all the eyes are on Georgia mm-hmm. trying to be a three-peat, which is just unheard of in these days. And so uh, I think there will be a challenge each and every week because all the games are darn good. Yeah. Competition's as good as there is in the country. Well, you, you must have seen my notes because one of the questions I was going to ask you was, was your prediction, but I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, you know, we've had a lot of turnover. Yep. Not just in players, but mm-hmm. in the coaching staff. You know, both coordinators, right. main offense, defensive coordinator, are are new. We got several position coaches that are new. Um, if you had to, if you had to give us a strength of this year's team, what do you think it is? Okay, Jay Jefferson, no doubt. Anybody today that comes in with have a, uh, an experienced quarterback that has played in highest level and winning the bowl games, scoring all the points and everything we've done. And uh, for him to want to come back and not go on and try to go to the NFL early speaks volumes about his uh, commitment to Arkansas, about his teammates, about the excitement that is college football. That know, even though you can do good in pros, mm-hmm. there's nothing like the excitement of a good college uh, career that he has already had. And I think he just has uh, energized all the other team members to come back and want to play and be their best. And the fun things when you see a team, when everybody puts the team first, and everything they're doing, it gives you the best chance. And so uh, I think we have good talent. I think we have a little bit more depth than we yep. have in the defensive line, which you got to have. And uh, you, it, it starts, you got to have a great offensive and defensive lines because there's so many skilled people out there today. They're so good throwing mm-hmm. and catching the ball. With seven-on-seven football and the players practice right. year-round, they're uh, legally able to do that in high school all summer. The uh, skill factors have just gone out of sight. Everybody has some of them. So the key uh, comes to the big lineman. That's where it is. If you have an offensive line that give your quarterback time to throw, they're going to find somebody open. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the defense has to harass that quarterback <laughs> enough where he doesn't have the time. So uh, always look for the offensive and defensive line to see what kind of opponent we're having this week. So uh, if you had if you had to make a prediction, who's the team to beat this year going into it? And uh, like you say, if I had a chance to do, but I do not have to make a prediction <laughs> right here. Is there, uh, is for, there a, for, their, for the very reason I've been on that side, both sides, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's got their, their own viewpoint of it. And uh, I look at uh, two things. I look and see uh, who we're going to beat ourselves, Arkansas, because we're the ones that want to win the championship. Right. We're the ones that has as, as good a chance as anybody to win it today. And that's all I'm asking for, looking for there. 
And uh, somebody said, you know, there's three things you got to have to have a great team. Uh, number one, uh, you got to have uh, good players. Mm -hmm. And number two, you got to be injury free. And number three, you got to be lucky. Yeah. And two out of three of those, you got no control over. That's correct. So you only handle the one thing you got control of is that's yourself and the mm -hmm. way your team plays and prepares every week. And we'll be as prepared as they can go. In the conference, though, uh, I, I still think anytime in Georgia, because of the success they've had and they've recruited a lot of great defensive people, mm -hmm. and that's where they've made their, their hay. They've done a great job of that. Uh, LSU, I think, always has great talent, always had defensively great talent. I think Alabama will be good. They can find a quarterback to really see what right. they're going to do. I think team that's going to uh, really play early, which will be interesting, is Tennessee. Yeah. I think their victory over Alabama last year is going to give them a lot of confidence. And now with a, another good quarterback, strong-arm quarterback coming in there in Milton, I think they're going to be a real formidable uh, opponent too. Uh, I think another key is watching what happens at Texas A&M. I think Bobby Petrino is an excellent offensive coordinator, calling plays, teaching the quarterback. And uh, down there, if, if they do that with the talent they have, they could be, I think, kind of the uh, wild card team that could re really make a difference in the conference this year. Well, I was, my, my very last question was going to be, who's a sleeper team that maybe nobody's talking about? But I think that's it. Really, it could right be A&M. I it, think it, it is. It'll be interesting to see um, – you know, how much control over the offense that Jimbo gives uh, right. Coach Petrino. So that's, right. that, that's, that's great for the talking heads in the media. They <laughs> yeah. like talking about and, and conjecturing on that. That's so, right. um, well, it should be a fun football season. It should um, be. Hopefully, by the time people are listening to this podcast, the Razorbacks are 1 0 um, with a couple home games here in Fayetteville to, um, to get us to 3 and 0 potentially before we start, start off the conference season <laughs> at LSU. That, as right. you said, that that difficult four-game stretch away right. from away from the hill. I, I, it's hard to count that A&M game in Dallas as a home game, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's, I, I, last time I looked, that, geographically, it's not any kind of boundary on Arkansas no, close I, by Dallas. That, that's correct. We, we've gone <laughs> to the game the last couple of years, and, um, you know, at best it's 50-50. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it, there's not much of a home field advantage for the Razorbacks, that's for sure. But, yep. well, Coach Hatfield, um, thank you so much for coming in. Um, giving us your thoughts on not just this year's Razorback team, but, you know, kind of taking us on a stroll down memory lane. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't also, you know, just say thank you for the work that you do continued up here for in Northwest Arkansas with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, your involvement with them. Um, the you know the the importance that that organization no plays about it, in our in our high schools, not just up here in Northwest Arkansas, but you know across the state and around the country. So well, um, I'm going to tell you about that. I mean, we're so blessed. We've only had two directors of the FCA in the mm -hmm. history of us, and that's Bill Burnett, who was the first paid, the only first paid uh, full time field representative FCA had years ago. And Coach Barry Lunny. And Coach Lunny has such a heart for the student athletes and uh, male, female, giving all of them an opportunity to be the best, learn every lesson in their sport they can, at the same time learn about Jesus Christ, which is what uh, Don McClannan had in his mind when mm -hmm. he found this thing in 1954. Well, we appreciate your work with FCA. Um, you know, as you know, here at Mach 1 Financial, faith and finances are really important to, to our work here. Um, and today we thought we'd introduce um, football. So football, <laughs> faith, and finances are, are, have been our topic on this week's podcast. Well, Coach Hatfield, 
thank you very, very much for making the trip up to Rogers to to join us. And um, woo pig suey, let's have a great football season. Go Hawks. Thank you, everyone. Go Hawks. (laughs) So, Lee, great conversation with Coach Hatfield. Any big takeaways or what do you think about your time with Coach? You know, a couple takeaways. One, he still remembers so many details going back to his playing time in the 60s you know, his coachings in the 70s and 80s and 90s. I mean, his, his memory is very sharp. Um, just a great man, you know. I mean, he was a great football coach, a, a great football player. But I think the thing that so many people think about Coach Hatfield now is he's just a great Christian man, you mm-hmm. know. And, I, you know, you think about all the the hundreds of thousands of kids that he's touched in his career not only playing but coaching and and now with his involvement with fellowship of christian athletes i mean this this guy you know walks the walk and Mm -hmm. um you know we spent 30 minutes together and i came away you know just in a positive attitude but you know he's he's you know i don't know what the definition of legend is but you know he's an arkansas arkansas legend and um sure rightly so yeah great absolutely. great man yeah we we get to see coach around from time to time at fca events and so that was cool to have him in for a podcast yeah. and um he was he, very nice to do so yeah he was he's always great to catch up with so we appreciate that so um as always we want to end with a thought of the day um this one is from dr seuss an author <laughs> that i'm quite familiar with with four young children um he said, sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. What? That's pretty deep. <laughs> I'm about to tear up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty good. I like it. Um, well, as always, we appreciate you uh, listening and watching the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time on The Market Moment. that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-onefinancial.com disclosures.